Good evening, Patriots. You know, there's some things, and we're going to, I'm going to kind of recant a statement I made in the last show. And I was, I was being sarcastic, but I think it's important to clarify. And I was making the comment about the girl or whatever it was, transgender, being a furry. And I stated that, you know, Christ probably wouldn't bother. And that's obviously not true. Um, and I just need to say that because we're going to talk a lot of it tonight about the challenges that we're all going to be faced with, including people that have kind of gone off the rails in their relationship and life and their understanding of what it is to be human. And there's a particular individual responsibility that we each have in life, but it's there's also going to have to be a compassion that we have to extend for those that have never had a true and intimate relationship with Jesus. And unfortunately, that's not coming through most of the churches. So that's going to end up resting a lot on our shoulders. Before we begin tonight, make sure you're taking good care of your health. And that means taking the right things to keep your immune system strong. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune system strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at ExpeditionCoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. As a nation, we have just walked away from God. And it's hard in a world with has been shaped by a concept of science, a concept as, as their science, not science of the true empirical sense, but science in terms of the new religion. A world that has been shaped by churches and from pulpits that have gone weak and, and often have been corrupted by the whole values of money. And with this, there's been an also, also an organized attack to really look at what's happened in our families. There's been an organized attack to break down the family unit. And it's tragic. If we look at the America of 1900s, the America of 1930s, the American of 1950s, the America of 1960s, and the America of today, it's broken. And unfortunately, and I've made this comment a couple of times this week, is that 
a lot of families that are whole even are broken and don't even realize it because with the internet, the relationship to children and to the family with social media, not just the internet, but social media has become a place to create a story for others to follow and for the person that's delivering the story, the mom, the dad, the child, to get reaffirmation with people with likes and great follows. And that process, that's what defines the family for many. It's a family that is looking for validation from a society that has no moral base. And within our churches, even, there's a sense of tolerance that is stunning. I was, I remember bringing this up in a small community church in southern Georgia when kids started to show up with, and this is a conservative community, kids were showing up with little bunny clip-on ears or rabbit ears, and they thought it was cute, and, and, and they were using, getting into the new face overlays that were on various social media platforms where you could overlay a cat or you could overlay a dog onto your face. It's far beyond that now. And parents were engaging in it in church. And they had no, they just thought it was cute. And they just no thought process to the blasphemy that's involved with that and the mental degrading aspect that they're doing and how they're being slowly shaped into this world of transhumanism and this world of universal one world order and universal religion. It also is an extension of a weak pulpit. It speaks to peace at any cost and just get saved on Sunday and then do what you do in the week. There's no intimate living relationship with God. And the thing that people forget is God is a jealous God. He's a loving God, but he's a jealous God. And he wants our love. He doesn't want to see it shared. So when we start to look at ourselves as a nation and we're sharing it through all these places, and then suddenly we're faced with crisis, and the first thing people do is turn to God and say, okay, God, fix it. Well, I want you to hear this piece right here. I thought this was a pretty good assessment of kind of where we are currently at and what we're facing. Everything's gone to hell in a handbasket, like they say, and it's because lawlessness, lawlessness is operating in our nation. And you have to ask, well, why did God allow that to happen? Well, because God sees that the people are lawless. Evidently, the Lord wants America to repent. And like the prodigal son, there's a certain amount of uh, feasting and celebrating and decadence that starts to dry up during a famine, during a famine, during a financial famine. What happens is it starts to cause the prodigal to come to himself, the Bible says. He came to himself and said, oh, my gosh, it was so much better before than it is now. Do you know the number one thing that causes people to be open to the gospel is pain, challenge, uncertainty. It's when everything's flowing along and going along and, and you're singing a song that you don't, you don't really think about eternity. You don't think about God. You don't think about your needs. I'm telling you, one of the ways that God judges a nation is he gives bad leaders. Bad leaders in the Old Testament is a form of judgment. But what's the purpose of judgment? It's discipline. Two kinds of judgment. Judgment for discipline, judgment for destruction. America is not in the destruction zone. America is in the divine discipline zone. 
the Divine Discipline Show. That's the Lance Walno sh- Walno Show. He's on TikTok. We're in a place right now being forced, and it's coming, and we're seeing it come at us like a freight train. And, and the example I've used a number of times is those that think there's light at the end of the tunnel wake up. That's the light on the front of the train that's about ready to run you over. But they can't see that yet. And there's many that can't. They're still living in this la-la land. If we step back and we look at what these leaders have done, it's rather profound. Take away your like or dislike for Joe Biden. Take away your like or dislike for Obama. Take away your like or dislike for Trump. And just follow me on this little perspective walk here. President Obama came to power and we witnessed something that we really haven't acknowledged enough. And we witnessed this sudden explosion of people seeking validation. And all of them were outside of the walk with God. Almost all of them, but ultimately all of them. Because when you get to the core of where their belief systems are, and I have done enough focus groups on this, you find that there's a certain point where they will not walk with God. There is a they'll talk about their they'll like I'm a Christian, they'll say, but when you really get to it, they're not. Because there's somewhere in there that they're going to have to accept a compromise, and there is no compromise with evil. But Obama revealed a mass amount of people in the society that needed desperately validation. It's a sad statement because in a world where there's that much validation needed, and there was a lot, whether they were gay, lesbian, black, Hispanic, female, those are the target groups. And every one of them rose up to seeking validation. And those that were quiet on the side that joined the crowd equally needed validation. So we begin to see the moral corruption, if we really are objective about it, that was revealed to us under Obama. And as we entered into the Trump era, there was yet another group of people that needed validation. More than validation, these two groups, both of them, needed a leader. The The followers of Obama, I turned him into an idol. Much of the following under President Trump have turned him into an idol. Now, I'm not, I'm just going to take an objective view here because there's an interesting effect that begins to happen. This this pendulum swing of the nation from extreme radical left of Obama into a very strong patriot right under President Trump, it creates, if you look at it from an outside, it creates this destabilizing resonance within society to where it starts to shake out all the things that have been hidden, literally moving things from dark to light. Within this movement, though, there has been a very quiet rise in those seeking a relationship with God. But that movement has been very nascent. Even under President Trump, that movement was very nascent. And under President Trump, would they call him a dividing president or a very divisive president? In fact, he was. Because he was elevating up the opposing class that were completely suppressed. And worse, most of that group that President Trump has awakened 
were the same. They were there under Obama, but why, why didn't they speak up? Because the churches and the concept of being conservative was to be quiet, to be complacent, to sit in the shadows and wait for it to blow over, not to be active and proactive in society. So all of these processes over the four, eight years of, Trump, of Obama and the four years of President Trump have created a destabilizing effect on society. This is very much God's hand. This is a form of judgment. Because God isn't trying to ruin the country. I do not believe that. And I don't think in Scripture he shows that a country that he believes in, a nation, that he's trying to ruin it. He's trying to waken people up to return to him and give him their love, his love, the love he deserves. So now we enter in with this hand puppet, pedophile, Joe, Joe Biden, whatever you call him. And what do we see? He's like a magnet to the most extreme of radicalism. He's a magnet to the furries. He's a magnet to the pedophiles. He's a magnet to the, the bestiality types. He's a magnet to every social freak that's out there. And even though they may not particularly like him, they feel it so comfortable with another one of their kind in office that all of these perversions start to percolate up and we're seeing everything. The teachers that are speaking out about grooming, defending their right to groom kids, they were there under President Trump. Where did they suddenly come from? What they came from was this alliance, a, a commonality, a feeling of, of security. That's God working right there. Because what's happening is the nation is being shaken. And everything about our world is being revealed. All that is in darkness will be brought to light. And that's what's happening. And something other that's quite amazing that's happening with it is there is a out of church. Now, I always have to qualify this because there's going to be somebody and it's going to get their tail hurt. I don't want that. There are churches that are growing in this nation. But qualify this. The large movement of return to Christ is not happening in the walls of the church. So many of the churches have made their decision to become puppets of the state. They're no longer representative of Jesus or any of his teachings, even if they say they are. But there is a great awakening in the depth and seeking of Jesus and seeking of God. And some of these people have never had a relationship that way. And there are many more to follow that have, don't even know what God is, is like. They don't, they've never been introduced to Jesus. And we're going to see some interesting experiences. I mentioned one last night that's important noting because the person I, I played last night had a butterfly tattoo that looked very much like a snake when we looked at it from a distance on his neck. And everything, all the piercings and stuff that you would immediately judge them as outside, and yet they were coming to a relationship with God. I don't know if they'd ever had one, but I can tell you they were awakening to one. And that is such an important point to start appreciating because God is shaking the world to bring people back to him. God loves his children. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share that love. And so as the world is shaken, there's going to be many that are seeking. And we have to be careful not to jump to quick conclusions. 
because we're going to see a whole variety of people. And let me tell you, if you've ever been in a, a Baptist congregation, you know what I'm talking about, about conformity to certain standards. And unfortunately, a lot of churches have done that. They've become kind of judgmental on the way you dress, the way you are. We're going to have to be much more open. And that's not saying inclusion, universalism, love at any cost. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about people coming to seek the word of Christ and to walk in that light of God. And they're going to come from a variety of backgrounds and experiences that otherwise we we wouldn't, it's not lifestyles that we condone or would want to be part of, but they're leaving those lifestyles as they come here. And it's coming a lot from this various these years now under different presidents, in my opinion, because the world has been shaken and leaders have been put in place that are doing just that. Joe Biden is an amazing hand puppet as a president. And why do I say that? Because the effects of him being in office in less than two years have managed to expose more freakish behavior than I ever thought existed in our nation. And it's in the open, it's proud, it's showing itself off. And I'm like, wow, God, that's a pretty incredible thing you just did. Because literally, even in the darkest of shadows, it's now in the surface for us to see. And therein lies the responsibility that we have. And what that is, is that we have to make, we can't sit idly by. We're, we're being shown what the nation is. And if we're just going to go back to sleep and say, well, I'm just going to wait this one out, we failed. God is not calling us to sit on the sidelines and do nothing. He's calling us to hear our heart and what he needs us to do. And within each of us is something that he wants us to do. It's part of the gifts and talents. And it's a beautiful time to have that, have that happen. In, a, in just taking an example, and we'll just use social media as the example. Let's say somebody has five followers and God has put on their heart, we'll say, to do a podcast. Do the podcast. But unfortunately, the first thing that's going to happen is like, all I've got is five followers. What difference is that going to make? You don't know. Someone else is called to start knitting hats. And it's in the middle of summer. And you're like, it's warm outside. Matter of fact, it's like 107 degrees. And you want me to knit caps? I'll wait till the fall. Knit caps now. We don't see the effect of what's happening. God is calling us to trust in him and to do these things now because we're coming to a point where all things are being put into motion. It's an amazing moment if you take a step back and witness what's happening because God's army is massive. It's diverse. It's unpredictable. And all he's asking us to do is trust and do. I said this the other night, and I'm not trying to overemphasize this point, but I I do want to point out a, a really most obvious example of how God works. 
if you're in this channel, if you're listening to this show, you're part of this. You see, three years ago this month, there were 100 followers on YouTube on this podcast. And the only place I was was on YouTube on this podcast. And so that was in summer of 2019, July of 2019, in fact. I was doing one podcast a week. And my podcasts were limited to max out at about 20 to 25 minutes. There is a steady growth and there's a process I could map out in detail of how I see it now and how God put me through every single step to lead me to where I am, including my whole life walk. And the walk to get here, every step of the way that I look back, he has prepared me for this moment. And it's ironic because that includes my time in Afghanistan, that includes my time meeting with Taliban, that includes doing some pretty crazy things. And now I sit pretty regularly at a desk doing a podcast, and yet all of it makes sense. And I'm saying that because that's that realization has been pretty hard smashed into my head for me to realize what God had done. And God's broken me a few times to remind me of that. But today, this podcast that started with 100, and I was like, hmm. you know, I, I could imagine having a, a couple thousand followers and be like, okay, God, we can build a channel. Let's do that. And I, and I was committed to that way with God. I was like, all right, let's do this. And when I first started the channel, I, I had everybody telling me, you need to do video or we'll fail. And God was saying, do audio. And so I did the first couple episodes in video, like first five or 10, and I hated it. I literally hated it. The, the editing time, the, and I'm a, I'm a bit of a obsessive about perfection, especially over video. The setups that I had to build, if there was a mistake, then I'd start back over. I was doing everything from a written script. I, I mean, I literally hated it. That was within the first 10. And, then I, and that was everybody saying, if you don't do video, you will fail. And God let me do my first view that way and just was like, just do it audio. And again, the voices told me in the public, people I was talking to, if you do audio, you're not going to get anywhere with it. Okay. So I did audio and I loved it. And that was July of 2019 that I said, remember, that there were 100 subs on YouTube. Well, Patriots, today, this podcast, that God has given me the blessing to steward to help bring us all together that we're all part of, it's over 28 million downloads. It's in 120 countries. It's becoming part of all of our lives. And that's the way God works because we trust in him and trust me. There were some frustrating moments, but ultimately it's the trust we push into him and we listen. I had no idea 
how I could do this podcast on so many levels, whether it was financial, technical, all these things. And you just trust and you go. So I don't, I say that just as a point of reference because there's so much that we have to do right now in this nation. We are a country that is financially imploding because the dollar is being pivoted off the petrodollar. We're a country that is, from a political and legal point of view, is bankrupt. It's a system that's a joke. The rest of the world's laughing at us. Our military, to a large degree, like it or not, is a joke. The world is laughing at us for the stupidity of what we're doing right now. Our education systems, our public education systems are bankrupt. They're loaded with groomers and woke and all these other ridiculous things and completely corrupting and polluting the children. And then, of course, we've got the vax piece, which is very real as a bioweapon, which is damaging more and more people. I mean, just listen to this right here. This is a a post that was put up earlier today. I am double jabbed. The first jab was a breeze. But jab number two put me down the day after having it for almost two months with what could be best described as chronic fatigue syndrome. My lower legs became heavily fluid retentive. I have heart palpitations, shortness of breath, my gag reflex flex blocked, and I developed a tremor in my left hand. I presented it to my GP with these symptoms, and it took just over four months to get a cardiologist appointment. On the day of my appointment, I was immediately admitted to the cardiac ward, and over the next few months, the specialists sent, spent their time trying to disprove any connection to the vaccine. The symptoms I presented with were largely ignored. It's been 10 months now, and most of my symptoms have dissipated but the tremors are getting worse and now seem, in quotations, to be moving into my left leg. My only regret is not listening to my instincts and having the poison injecting into my body. Is anybody else going through this? We are two years into this bioweapons attack through the vaccine, and this person is just now asking the question. Our country has a massive awakening and with it are going to come inordinate challenges. When people start to really process like this individual here, that they were set up, that they were lied to, that this thing was intended to maim them, destroy them. That's the biggest objective of the VAX was to modify our reproductive capability and maim the public. The death part comes, but in the meantime, hospitals make a flat fortune off of insurance payments and other co-pays for people having to seek medical care, which they work overtime to deny that it has any relation to the vax. When you, again, step back and you look at this horrific event, you realize that once again, it's a form of judgment on a nation, a judgment that is forcing people to start asking questions and ultimately to leave the cult the cult of this woke ideology and to start wandering. And when they wander, they'll seek. I think most of us are hardwired to seek a relationship with God in the process of not having a relationship with God. We then vector in on something to replace it. And unfortunately, as I go back to the position of most churches, most churches these days, I should say a large 
a larger percentage of the churches have just pushed people away. They're not, they're not teaching a, a theology that is relevant. It's basically the, it's going to be revelationist or it's going to be you're a sinner. Well, yeah, we're sinners, but God doesn't want us to live there in that hole of being sinners. He wants us to get up, start doing something, live in this world, grow, develop, be a disciple. And that's the key. So as we are being shaken as a nation, as we've had these three, we looked at these three presidencies that have brought us to a brink. And now most of what was hidden is surfacing. There's still things to be revealed, but more and more is coming out each day. And the deluge of truth is going to get to a point where some can't even hear it because they're so overloaded. But those are truths that deal with facts and details and, and explanations of our world. What they don't deal with is the relationship with Jesus. They don't deal with the intimacy with Christ. And it's that place that as they discover that, if they have somebody to help them, because many people don't even know it. And that isn't to say they can't discover it on their own. But unfortunately, many people are so scarred, turned off, conditioned, propagandized by the concept of even the word Christianity or church that they don't want to look there. They don't even want to seek there because all they can imagine is more horrors of the same thing. And that's actually a double play on words intended to be, by the way. So how do they find that? How do they discover a deep and intimate relationship with Christ? Because so many of the roads have been designed to be blocked or blockaded in, or at least damaged that they're not going to pass easily there or even seek there. And in the end, they'll be looped back into the same place that they are now and potentially even worse. It's, a, it's keeping a broken soul in this OODA loop of a broken soul. They get there through great discipleship by the many that are out here in God's army. They get there through us. And I can't think of a greater mission that we could ever be given than to know that we are here in this time, in this place, like I say every show at the end, for just such a time as this, and yet that's never been more real and relevant than right now. And so that takes me back to what I began tonight with, which was my comment that I made in a snarky comment, and it was intended to be a joke, but I am being very careful on retra retracting this because it was said and what I said was absolutely wrong. And what I made the reference to was that little thing that was pretending to be a furry, and I, I made the joke and I said, I don't even think Christ would bother. That's exactly wrong. And it's really not a joking matter. So this is my testimony to you. We have to all seek those that are even on the fringe to help them find that relationship with Jesus because it is about saving souls. It is about finding those that need it 
to let them find their way home. And we must. Unfortunately, as Matthew 24, 12 reminds us, and because of lawlessness is increased, most people's love will become cold. We have something, we have that to keep in mind. And to avoid that trap, because it's very easy to do that, to become callous. And we're reminded in Luke 15, 8 to 10, the lost coin of just what the real purpose of our mission is here. Or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There is such a thing as pure evil, and we do not and should not ever negotiate with evil. Nor do we compromise with evil. But even at that, the concept of praying for our enemies right now has profound consequences if we do if it is prayers that are answered. We prayed for Nancy Pelosi. Can you imagine? if she was to accept Jesus, the ripple effect that that would have on the elite order. As much as I hate that Nazi, and I use that pretty heavily, Klaus Schwab, I have to find it in my heart to pray for his repentance to Christ. I don't have to pray for me to like him or have him over for dinner. And even when we look at President Trump, or we look at Biden, or we look at Obama. These are leaders of a nation. And if those leaders are there, in this bigger picture, they're probably there, especially in this time, because of God's doings to get them there. They didn't rise simply because of Satan's power, especially if God's trying to save this nation. So we do have to find time and place to pray for our enemies. And more importantly, we have to find place in our heart to try to help those that are lost to find their way back to Christ. One step in the right direction and their life transforms. And that also doesn't mean to become soft and squishy and love and hugs and This is where I would hope that we've matured. There's a firmness that we have to walk this earth with. There's a solidity and strength in our relationship with God and our faith that we do not budge from. We have to have an ability to listen. And there's different forms of compassion and temperance. But what we're trying to do in the end is to bring the many back home. And there are many that have been damaged by this process. And that's by design. These people that have been running this country have not done things accidentally. 
They haven't screwed up children. They haven't destroyed families. They haven't wrecked havoc with kids' emotions, sexual understanding. They're even the way they think because they thought that was just an accidental experiment. This was by design to ruin the relationships that God had built this world on. And many have had no other reason but to follow that because they've known nothing else. We're inheriting one of the most challenging moments of any nation because we're inheriting a consequence right now, a hyper-consequence of a mass amount of people that complied with tyranny and took the shot and covered their face with a mask and willfully led, led, led themselves down a deadly place. But I just want you to consider something. And I want you to consider how profound this would be. I'm going to start with John 14, 12, as I've read here many times. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. So I'm just curious, as a reflective thought, with that said in red letter language, I wonder what the power of healing somebody who had been Provax, who had been condemning of anybody that refused to take it, who had maybe had other extremist views. I wonder what the impact, as they are having health problems like the one we just read a bit ago, if through prayer and our work they were healed. Not all will respond to that, but I will guarantee you that those that are affected by something like that will be transformed. And there we are into that place of destroying our enemy as Christ would destroy them. We don't need that sort of the steel. The sort of steel, as I've said many times, sits on your hip because the last thing you want to become is somebody's doormat. But we wage war with the sword of spirit. And that's a powerful sword and it it's built on intentions and purity of heart and purity of prayer it's built with us truly wanting to engage the enemy as god would want us to with agape love and shining down upon them disarming them and ultimately turning them to face who they are and seek repentance before christ that's destroying your enemy in the most vicious of ways because it isn't them that are destroyed. It's the rank and file that are around them trying to emulate them that suddenly becomes weakened and then they too have to reconsider who they are. One major keystone out of the entire group of elites that turns to Jesus and then another and then another We're going to watch the entire world order implode in the most magnificent of ways. And that does not excuse them from justice that God will deliver, nor does it, in, it create an invitation for them to come over and sit at your table. But it does accomplish the mission of fighting this war with the sword of the Spirit, with wielding the power of prayer, 
with praying for the powers of forgiveness and for them to find Jesus in their heart. And when we do that, there is literally no weapon that can ever be forged against us that will succeed. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight reflective of where our world is and often challenged by the things that we encounter. We have a level of behavior in this world that is walking in a path that's has rejected you, rejected everything that we morally find acceptable or tolerable. And so with that, forgive us if we find it difficult at times to pray for our enemies, but it's those moral conflicts that challenge us. And yet we hear your voice, which is to trust in you. It's difficult, Father, with all this deception and and the framing of our lives of division sometimes to see the greater picture of unity in your children, to appreciate the true meaning of the full body of Christ and how there is uniqueness within there, especially when we start to get to so many of the and much of the craziness that's going on in the world. And yet we know that we need to pray for our enemies, pray for their salvation, And we're reminded that the joy in the presence of the angels over a single sinner who repents is massive. So, Father, we just pray for those opportunities to pray for our enemies, and we do tonight. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those that are even the most vicious to publicly accept Christ, to publicly accept renounce where they were and to express the things that they have done as testimony of their transition and acceptance of Jesus in their heart. We pray these things over the power of the enemy, that the blood of Jesus will literally strike their evil ways down and turn them towards you on their knees asking for repentance And through that repenting process, reveal their sins to a world that is still locked in the matrix and the worship of them. A great shaking needs to continue in this nation to bring those so deeply lost in a trance of illusion to their knees. Truths need to continue to be told. And Father, we know that as you guide us, you will continue to provide us with the messages and words that we need to speak the truth. And yet again, we pray for those in the camps of the enemy to be broken before Jesus, to repent, and in so doing, lead many of their own followers back to you as we as a nation must seek to repent before you. And so in closing tonight, Father, we pray for this nation. We pray that this nation will continue to seek you and repent for the nation itself, not just for ourselves, as we do tonight. A nation that has done so much wrong 
has walked so far away from you, and yet there is such a rising voice that seeks you. We pray for that strength of that voice to rise and to guide the many that are still wandering in the desert of darkness to join us in this place before you, humbly before you, seeking forgiveness for all that has been passed. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There is much work to be done in this country. And that's really become a primary theme of mine because so much emphasis has been placed in these last months on the revival of hope through elections and the revival of hope through new technologies and the revival of hope through the spilling of truth. And none of that touches the moral fabric of this nation that needs Jesus, that needs Father. And none of it gets close to the intention of how this nation was created with God on the throne above us. Not a president. They're there, but they're not functioning in that role of God. Only God sits on the throne in this nation. And that also means as a nation, we have to cast off so much of this programming this idea that we're not a Christian nation. Yes, we are. We are exactly that. We are a Christian nation that has our doors open to all peoples of faith, but we are structured around and must continue to walk in that path as a nation discipled under God. And it's there that we find our greatest strength as a republic. To get there, it's quite a journey. But the beautiful part about it is that God's already got it mapped out. All we have to do is trust and listen. And how we get there, when we get there, is totally irrelevant. Because God's got this. And he trusts in us. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. Our nation needs a lot of prayers for healing and for finding the strength to repent before Father. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. Hey
but found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Thank you. 